Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now it is Christmas Day today at the time of recording. So if you are celebrating Christmas, then a very Merry Christmas to you. And to everybody else, then happy holidays and season's greetings as well, just to make sure that nobody is left out. Hope you've had a fantastic day with whatever you've been doing. We've actually enjoyed some of our homegrown veg over our dinner, what with sprouts and parsnips and potatoes, just to name a few. It was a, a, a real feast I've got to say and uh, I'm certainly feeling feeling like I've eaten too much but it is so so worth it in my opinion I'm very very happy with what we've got and what we've eaten and this is obviously the mission or one of our missions here at the Veg Grow Up podcast and I hope it's something that you are trying to do yourselves trying to grow all your food for all year round including Christmas Day I've got to admit it was very satisfying to sit down at the table and recognise that all that food was grown by me so I'm very happy with that now it is Christmas as I've already said so this is a bit of a Christmas special who's that at the door let's find out Well, it was Lee Connolly at the door. Lee, otherwise known as a skinny Jean Gardner. Welcome to the Pod and Shed on this wonderful Christmas day. Thanks so much for having me, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm really good, thank you, on this uh, lovely, snowy, slash rainy, slash frosty day, depending where you are in the world. Yes, yes. Probably um, rainy, let's be honest with It you. probably is rainy, yes, yeah. But it's Christmas Day, so we've got to make the most of it, haven't we, and enjoy ourselves. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have been eating some of our homegrown Christmas veg from my garden today. It's a bit jammy, isn't it, when you say I I really wanted to grow, I say every year, I really want to grow my own Christmas veg this year. Didn't manage it. Well, you should do it. And please go back to all the other years of the, I've been on this podcast at Christmas saying exactly the same thing. Next year. Next I, year. I really, I really would love to. I, I get jealous every time I hear you've like gone down the allotment or gone in the garden, picked it in the, in the pan, you put it in a pan probably, and then cook it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the many <laughs> things I do. I don't, know. don't know what you do there. <laughs> Didn't you just do a talk at Ideal Home yeah, Show I did, about yeah. this? I actually did. I actually talked about you on stage because I was like, oh, I'd really love to uh, grow my own, but I never get around to it. But my good friend Richard does, yeah. and I think it's a brilliant thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's just because we're looking at back over 2023 uh, while you're here. Yeah. Ideal Home Show. What were you doing on stage? I was I was actually talking about uh, I, I did a little bit on the theatre stage about some Christmas gardening makes. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you some of them? Yeah, of course. Um, one because I do children's gardening. One of my favourite ones, and this is something I do with Olive, and we did this year. You know, uh, reindeer food. Yeah, right. You can buy it at reindeer food. I don't buy reindeer food. What we do is we actually mix up. Um, for 90p, you can get like a big bag of, um, what's that? It's not porridge. It's called oats. oats. Yeah. Thanks. A big bag of oats, right? Then you get a bit of edible glitter, which is a bit more expensive. I didn't realise how expensive edible glitter is, but 
it's good for the environment. Don't put normal glitter outside. You mix it in. You then mix a little bit of wildflower seeds into that mixture as well. And then what we do with olives, we go outside the back door, sprinkle this in the garden, and then the, the reindeers obviously come down at it when Santa Claus comes along. The best thing you can do, obviously reindeers get fed quite a lot. They have to go around the whole world, don't they? So yeah. they don't eat all of the reindeer food, understandable. So in the morning, in Christmas morning, you go outside, see how much the reindeer's eaten, and whatever it's not eating, just dig it into the soil, and you've got them little wildflower seeds sitting underneath, ready to pop up later next year. Nice idea. So encouraging wildflowers. Yeah, which is good for yeah. the garden, right? Especially if you're growing vegetables, or, you know, it's good to bring the bees in for yeah. uh, that thing called pollination. I almost forgot the word there for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was talking about that, and then, talking about food, uh, I was cooking uh, up chefing, maybe, that they call it. I don't know. But I was on stage talking about how to cook uh, roast potatoes. Turns oh, out yeah. I'm pretty good at uh, cooking roast potatoes. Uh, zhuzhing up sprouts yeah. um, with sausage meat. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah. And also carrots, honey-glazed carrots. Oh, lovely. Which, uh, were beautiful. But I was talking about it basically because it is actually quite easy to, and as I'm sure you've talked on this podcast a lot, to grow your own Christmas dinner, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, that's why I was talking about it on stage. Thank yeah, I, I, I mean, we should explain this was actually Christmas ideal home show, not the one in. Yeah, not that one. Oh, you want me to talk about that one? Well, no, no, I'm just using that. As... Oh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> There's been quite a few talks you've done this year, isn't there? I have. Yeah, about... sorry, I thought because you want me to talk about Christmas. Oh, no, no, I, I, I was. That's the one I was meaning. Oh, okay, Christmas. Oh, I'm just explaining for the listener that oh, I was yeah. talking about the Christmas uh, edition. But yeah, that, that I mean, I was unable to make it to that show, but that uh, sounds like a good few talks. It was it was fun. I don't usually get to do cooking um, on stage, and uh, mainly because I'm not a great cook. I think my wife will uh, tell you. But when I'm on stage, uh, centre of attention, it turns out I'm pretty good. Well, I think you just need to be allowed to cook a bit more. Yeah, there was also a team of twenty backstage get anything ready so that does help things. <laughs> i rocked up there literally five minutes before and there was a team sorting everything out all prepping it if you've got a 20 uh strong team behind you getting christmas dinner ready makes it so much easier so there's a top tip right there for the okay. listener okay yeah I'll, I'll remember that in the future yeah that's really yeah. Uh, you know down to earth yeah. sort of tips there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what other talks have you done throughout 2023 I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think as well. I did Ideal Home Show at the start of the year. What have I done? What have I done this year? We did, well, you did the theatre tour. And I say we because I helped you on that. Yeah, you were a big part of that as well. The theatre show, yeah. um, Going around Anglia, Anglian uh, territory, East Anglia. Alan Partridge tour because it was uh, mainly just in East Anglia. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was was, uh, probably the biggest. Uh, thing of the year for me going doing the theatres which was a lot of fun and that that was again kids gardening in, yeah. in a theatre set up entertaining the extreme gardening I think it was called yeah yeah I, do you know what I'm very rarely big myself up yeah but you're and- going to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say no. You don't. You're right, Lee. Um, but I was so I was so happy with that. That's probably one of my highlights of my career doing that little theatre show. I really loved it. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I've got to admit, I was um, stage manager. I guess you could say uh, you, exactly what you were. And it was so much fun 
doing because basically you, you we, we set out and we went to three different theaters over a course of three days mm-hmm. and uh you were on stage entertaining the kids with things like setting fire to chili seeds and just it's gardening but trying to make it a bit more fun and a bit more eye-catching i guess for yeah. for the children and you ended up with a skydiving um and i had to blast you in the face with the wind machine which i made sure you were sowing seeds at the same time but i made sure some of that seeds and that dirt was and the water as well was hitting you in the face just for yeah. extra fun that was good but, but I liked it because gardening often with younger people has a view that it's a bit boring. And this, for me, added that element that actually we can make it fun. You've just got to think about it differently. Yeah. You've just got to, you've just got to get kids' attention, I think, is the biggest yeah. thing. And that's that's what we were doing with that. So it was a lot of fun. I've got to thank you for being part of it. Because honestly, I couldn't have done it better. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I've yeah. got to say, it was so much fun. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more next year of that. It's a nice, um, yeah, I, I just loved it. It was so much, it's just good to get to see what people thought of it as well, especially as the first one of it. But I also did um, Wisley. I was at Wisley yeah. a bit earlier in the year. I uh, So Wisley is an RHS garden in, yeah. near Guildford. Um, I've been there once. It's a lovely, lovely garden. But again, it was more half term if i remember correctly you were there and entertaining the kids getting yeah, the kids involved yeah it's been like, we've got quite a few bits this year it feels it feels like it's going really fast this year as well there's been a lot going on yeah. i mean I, I i'm saying and i'll be talking about my experience um a little bit earlier in this podcast but we you know 2023 for me has been such a good year i uh, you wouldn't have heard this bit but uh, earlier i was saying 2023, we have pretty much gone self-sufficient on vegetables. Well, that's exciting. Um, that's a big milestone, yeah, right? Massive. Not that we haven't in the past, but we really have. And 2024 is going to be even better. Plus the fact I'm probably going to have to help feed other members of my family as well. So, you know, for me, this has been a big thing for 2023. 2024 can only get better like that. Yeah, we can only go go, go up, can't it? The more people you can try and feed with what you grow is, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big achievement. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, what about your garden? What have you been up to? Do you know what? I'm actually, obviously I've been really busy with, with uh, the work side of stuff, but this year, for once, I feel quite proud of my garden, mainly because it is organised. And yeah. I have not had an organised garden for... I don't know if I've ever had an organised garden. To be honest with you. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, I think um, I needed to have an organised garden to start being able to think about growing more. <laughs> and I've got a really nice little growing area where I build. I built like a really small garden. I've talked about it on the podcast before, and we actually started growing some potatoes, which we harvested, some carrots, like loads of stuff for me and Olive, like strawberries or apple trees. Started producing apples for once. Um, we got new worms as well in our wormery and i think because i had so much stuff and i think we all have this an area where we're gonna make something from it or we've got pallet i used to be a big fan of pallet wood maybe got a bit out of that now that whole uh period of yeah. my life <laughs> um we've all you, been there we all have that stuff right yeah and i'm i just had to get rid of it in the end i just had yeah. to like it, i think i've talked about being like a bit of a minimalist before and 
but not in the garden. Yeah. Inside the house, I'm a minimalist. Outside, I was a hoarder. And now I've got rid of that stuff. I've got so much more time to do my garden, organize it, and and actually think about the plants, which is is something that I need to get back to. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because you say you were organized this year and that's made it better. And this is something I've been saying for quite a while now is that the art of growing your own, certainly, but I think art gardening as well is being organized. Yeah. And that means I often talk about systems in place to help with the organization. I certainly find that has helped me massively, massively. And I don't feel... It, it makes it all feel less pressured. Yeah. And that's why um, I always tell people, if they're just starting gardening, to start small. Yeah. Because that small garden that I've got, so the rest of my garden is, if I'm honest with you, for me, feels a bit boring at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you on I've, that. I've got this small garden where I grow everything. <laughs> I've got this small <laughs> garden where I grow everything. Yeah. And that's my exciting part, where I can chuck all my ideas sure. in. I've been given permission to do whatever I want in that space. Yeah. But because it's small, it feels more manageable. If I go down there, it will only take me about 20 minutes to tidy it up. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of time to tidy. Even if yeah. I want to pop down for five minutes, I can do a little bit of something. Yeah. And so to have that space where it's easy to do, it's nothing worse than getting to Saturday and having to spend most of the day just tidying and sorting stuff and not being yeah. able to do any actual gardening. Yeah. I've been I've done that for quite a few years, just yeah. sorting. Yeah. And you miss out on the plants and you miss out on the seeds and the yeah. growing side of stuff. So yeah, start small is my, my biggest thing. Yeah, the rest of the garden's boring, but now I've got a bit of time to expand on that. Yeah, yeah. And add a bit yeah. slowly rather yeah. than you know, yeah. gardens take a lot of time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But again, being organized mm. about it, it makes sense. And again, you know, you got pots everyone has a collection of pots if they're not organized you spend more time trying to find the right pot than actually trying to use it yeah so yeah yeah i'm totally with you there and then the hoarding aspect as well found that interesting you said that because again that is something that i have i'm guilty of hoarding things i always sort of think i'm going to do a project with that so i'm going to keep it for then and then that project never happens yeah so what I personally have developed for that, I'm not going to stack, tackle any project or start holding stuff for a project until I actually am going to do it. That mm. may mean I have to buy the materials in rather than holding on to materials forever, but it frees up garden space. Yeah, and also, if you if you really cared about doing the project, it would have happened by now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So a lot of them projects you think you're going to do, actually, I think sometimes we are... Um, pushed to do that project because yeah. of the the stuff we've got there, not yeah. not because we in our hearts really yeah. want to do it. Yeah, procrastination. But I beg your pardon, procrastination, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you, you want to do this thing, but you're going to pull it off until you can actually concentrate on it, and then the more you pull it off, the less likely it is to happen. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you one thing. I, I another top tip, full of tips. This part of the podcast this yeah. week yeah. is. Uh, Painting your garden white. Okay. Um, when you, I'm thinking white grass? No, no. <laughs> I've made the mistake this year of, as I said, the rest of the garden we've really been sorting out. We picked a colour called jasmine white. It's basically white. Yeah. Painted the shed in it. 
if you're ever thinking about doing it, I don't know anyone that has done that because I'm looking down the gardens, no one does it. No, but I've I've seen white houses, but I'm 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 sort of seeing as you're talking about this, I can see some logic. Well, so. I like I, it's great. There's some logic to it. I feel like I may have got myself a job every year though because yeah, white don't stay white. No, it gets dirty. No. So it, we only painted it this year, and I'm looking and thinking, come spring, mm, I have to do that again. Yeah. I painted a lot of things white as well. Yeah. So not, not just the shed. We tried to blend in everything with it, <laughs> not the grass. But it, it reflects light better, so it makes the garden brighter and plants grow better. Yeah, true. Theory. But another problem is, though, I wear sunglasses a lot anyway. You have to wear sunglasses in the garden. Yeah. It's too bright. Yeah, good point. Looks good, though. Looks good when it's done. When it's clean, <laughs> yeah. When it doesn't rain, like rain at the moment, yeah, all exactly. this year. Yeah, we're going for Ibiza style, I think, for the rest of the garden. Yeah, we bring I the say sun we. In. I say oh, it's not really my my thing, no. but I'm making it happen. Mm. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. So, twenty twenty four. What are your plans for twenty twenty four? Well, I'll be painting things white. That's for starters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do you know what? I want to do more extreme gardening. There's little bits tinkering around about extreme gardening. More shows. Maybe TV thing going on there with it. Um, it, it whatever happens, it's all going to be based around children's gardening. Yeah. One thing that I... I talked about that little garden where I'm growing stuff in. And we have harvested stuff this year. One thing that I found, though, Olive, my daughter who I talk about a lot of gardening. Dude, I've she's never heard of her. Eight, she's, eight, <laughs> she's eight now. Wow. Nine next year. It's getting harder to get her outside. And it's a challenge now to get her outside. Yeah. Even though she's got her own space, I'm letting her, you know, I said to her, that little garden, do whatever you want. Like we could, like we'll literally build whatever you want in there. She's sort of, um, she's not interested at the moment. And it guts me a little bit. So I've, it's a, it, now it's my challenge to see if I can do something to entice her out there. Right, yeah. It's been very easy up until this point. Yeah. And now she's getting into those teenage years. Yeah. It's getting a little bit harder. So, and I love that time we spend with each other in the garden. So yeah. that's my, that, if I'm honest with you, I, that's probably my biggest challenge of 2024. Yeah. So I find that interesting. I had my niece round the other week. And they saved some pumpkin seeds from Halloween yeah. from their pumpkins, and they handed them to me and said, "We well, want to grow these next year." And my niece is eleven now. Mm, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Are you forcing it on her too much? I think maybe, maybe I've over as because of what I do for a job. Maybe I've overdone it over the, yeah. over the years, and it's one of those things. Someone I was speaking to someone the other day, and he was like, uh, "He's forty now and um, old," and. Uh, how old are you, actually? 42, 41. Oh, okay. <laughs> old. <laughs> anyway, uh, he said, I said oh, I was talking about gardening to him. And he said, um, I hate gardening. Like, I can't even look at my garden. Because when I was younger, my stepdad used to force me to go on the allotment for eight hours a day. Yeah. And now he, he can't look at it. And I thought, oh, gosh, I hope I've not done this to Olive. Yeah. Because... Some of them are like our best memories of yeah. being outside. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's, it is probably my biggest change of 24. Mm. 
Well, that's funny enough, always been a worry of mine is forcing kids into gardening when they don't really want to. Yeah. But the thing I think is I've always it. said that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. But we're going into that teenager stage Yeah, this now. is the thing. And also, you don't. this is the point where I don't want to force it. Yeah. Back when she was like four years old, she was well happy just to, to potter around with me out in the garden, do whatever. And I've been really um, careful, especially with social media as well. She used to love going on social media. Then she got fed up of it. A yeah. bit like going on the podcast well. She can't bother to do a podcast anymore. She don't want to do it. It feels bad. I don't want to force her. I don't have to say, well, right, this week we've got to go on the podcast. She don't want to do it. Yeah. So I don't want to force... That's, 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 the, that's the balance, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how do you say, right, come on, let's go and do something in the garden when they really, deep down, just want to sit on their Switch and... Nintendo, whatever, 64. They don't play with Nintendo 64, today. But, you know what I mean? That's what they want to do. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, but we were the same at their age. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just different not as things. bad, though. I think no, well, I think, I think we didn't have so much... Well, we had computer games, but they were very... When I was a kid, anyway, when I was their age, you were a bit younger than me. Um, but... We were probably all more more interested in playing computer games and going outside, but we were forced outside a bit more because computer games weren't what they are now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, this is the this is the thing of what I'm doing. I went to Parliament this year. Did I tell you? Should have mentioned that. Should Funny, no, no, oh, anyway. that's actually quite a key thing that we should have talked about. I forgot all about it. Anyway, <laughs> I'll pop, we'll breeze over it. I popped to Parliament, but this is one of the reasons that I want to get garden into the curriculum and get children learning as part of school but as i just said that like we just talked about not forcing on kids i mean i've been just having it as part of their life i think would be a big benefit yeah and kids love being outside like who likes doing maths inside no one let's be honest who likes doing maths yeah well there's some kids that do like maths i mean there's no blanket all you know we can't say because I don't like maths. We can. We can do that. <laughs> we, podcasters, that's exactly what we do. <laughs> we, um, that's why I want, want to try and get in the curriculum, because I think yeah. it's good for their health, good yeah. good for, for their learning. And, um, you know, really, Olive don't know how lucky she is to even be able to go outside in the garden, because yeah. there's many children that don't get that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's over treated really in that yeah, sense many children don't actually have a garden yeah you know um so yeah she's lucky in that sense but let's go back to this parliament thing so we've glossed over it yeah yeah what was what was this all about ah <sighs> got invited to parliament didn't i and so uh, when you say parliament house just of parliament lords. mate just parliament oh yeah house of lords <laughs> no so i went out so basically um actually it's massive, it's massive probably bigger than anything this year i've done as an achievement, and I'll quite make it quick for you. But I went to House of House of Lords, yeah. gave evidence for the Horticultural Committee, who yeah. are putting together a report on the horticulture um, industry, so it can go to Parliament, natural top bods, to tell them that this is what this industry needs, and can we put some laws or some something in place to make it happen. And I was sat there and we were talking a lot about curriculum, children's gardening. That's one of the reasons I was there. And yeah, I gave evidence and told them that I think it should be in schools, basically. And yeah. there was a few, uh, to be honest with you, when you look back at over all the evidence, a lot of people said curriculum, it needs to be in the curriculum. 
Yeah, yeah, because this was actually um, videoed on, and I watched it on the uh, House of Lords website. Mm. Um, and, it, it, you know, there's three of you on the panel, wasn't there? Basically? Yeah, there's me, Lily, uh, from the Young uh, People Horticulture Association, and Tasian Hayden-Smith as well, who, yeah. who was there, who's a big community gardener. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. It was really interesting. We all gave our evidence, all gave our own opinions. And at the end, the overall factor was curriculum yep. needs to be done. And also, throughout the whole whole of the evidence given, from there's probably about 50-odd people given evidence, yeah. um, curriculum kept coming up because we want to get people into the industry. Mm-hmm. We need to get children to learn about mm-hmm. gardening or at least know that there's a job afterwards. So yeah. if we, if, you know, there's a lot of things to it. So anyway, um, so we did that back in May. And the report, literally in November, just come out. And it was on there as the top five things curriculum um, was in there. So, yeah, I mean, 2024 is probably going to be pushing that along as well um, a lot more. There's a lot of conversations happening at the moment behind the scenes. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> sure. Um, and we'll see what happens with them sure. conversations. Hopefully they're not just conversations. Yeah. That's my yeah. biggest worry of all this sort of thing. Sure, sure. Well, what about actual garden plans for 2024 now? Moving the subject on the line. Yeah. Your own personal project. Yeah. My, about you. My, my, what, my own garden? You, you mean? Yeah. You, yeah what me, you me. want to do what, for your garden. What do I want? That's a very good question. Do you know what? That's a very good question, isn't it? I ain't really thought about it. I want to get more plants in my garden. Mm-hmm. This, is my, this is my thing. I've had all the same main plants in my garden for a long time. One of the things... I've talked about for a couple of years now and is actually going to happen. I'll show you a picture later, actually, on my front garden. Now, you're very good with yours because you've been trying to, like, grow stuff to eat in your front yeah, garden. Yeah, yeah, I think that there... Um, I said it the other day on stage. I was like, some absolute idiot went and paved over the whole front of my garden, like, with block paving. Mm-hmm. And that idiot was me. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago when I moved there, right? Sure. Now I want to rip it all up. Still have parking spaces, but make it um, with Perfect plants golf. and trees and, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. more to it for for wildlife. And we'll go for like little bee homes and um, places for birds oh, to come down. Yeah, because, because front gardens should be more of that. Yeah. I mean? I, 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 along my road, I feel like I've been I've influenced other people to tarmac and block pave their... Probably not. They did it anyway. Because there's no parking spaces. So everyone just thought, oh, we'll just do what that guy's done. Easy. Yeah. I mean, I always find this a bit of a tricky subject, the front gardens. I mean, I have converted my front garden into uh, a more of an edible landscape. But all my plants are grown in pots. Yeah. My garden's not completely paved, but we've got pebbles everywhere. Mm. Um, there's no real ground to grow anything. There is a couple of things, but it is primarily for parking our cars. We do not have enough room mm-hmm. to park all our vehicles. We can fit one in the garage and two on the drive, uh, but it, at the moment we don't have the ability to park all our vehicles on the road, so we have to use the drive. Yeah, And if everybody on the road used or used the right well, there wouldn't be enough space no for everyone but you can have what i'm saying is you can have spaces on the front of your, your house of course but you can make it um wildlife friendly 
you make wildlife horrendous. You can grow food, you can grow plants. You can make it a bit more than just being a drive. Yeah, and also one of the biggest things, those are two big things that I've been doing bits with this year. One is water runoff. Uh-huh. Down our road, when we have real big rain, yeah. big rain, as they call it in the Met office, um, when we get that big rain, the, the road's like a river. All the water's just washing off. Nowhere for the water to go. So it all goes down the drains, get flooding. Also in the summer, the hot summers, the front of our house, if you put a hanging basket up out the front yeah. of our house, it lasts a day. So hot, it just bounces off the, the pavement straight onto the house. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that plants can do to stop both of those things, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what I want to do. So I want to I'm gonna put some trees in. I'm going to put, I remember lavender works very well in the front of the house. Yeah. Um, drought tolerant plants I think it needs to be at the front of mine it's all about the microclimate and buying or getting the right plants Mm. for that microclimate very easy way of doing that top tips for doing more tips on this podcast than you've ever probably had is look along your road to see what your neighbours have got and that's thriving and if they're doing really well get them in your garden because generally sort of the same soil around that bit yeah everyone's getting the same sort of sunlight that's my top tip good tip good tip uh so full of them yeah absolutely <laughs> full of it so that so that's your personal project for 2024 yeah that's my bigger one I think, yeah i think that's my biggest uh if i can come back next year if you let me come back yeah of course. um cheers <laughs> uh hopefully i'll be able to say yeah i've done something with it i'm not going to grow food in it i don't i know you i know you do really well doing growing food I, yeah, but that's my thing yeah, yeah everyone's different I just want, and also I need it, I want it to be, um, I don't want to have to do a lot of work to the front. Yeah. I want, because I've had stuff out the front before. I've spent a lot of money on plants before that have <laughs> been left to die for some reason. don't know why, but don't the front don't get watered very often in the summer. Yeah. People forget about it. Yeah. I mean, although I am going to put a water bar out the front as well. Good, good tip. Um, good idea. If you've got one spare, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, that's my plans basically, Suggs. Yeah, that's it. Excellent, excellent. Well, I think it's time we go and get a mince pie. I hope I well, to be honest with you, I hope so too, because you're sort of digging into my. I've got a two and a half hour drive home now. <laughs> and hopefully, they ain't started the Christmas dinner yet. Uh, well, let's go get a mince pie. <laughs> okay. Well, it's always a pleasure to see Lee and hear from him as well. I have to say, his mission to try and get kids into gardening is something to be admired. And it's something I am very, very pleased to have helped him with in the past and will continue to help him in the future as well. As you heard, there was a lot going on over this last year to do with it. And it's certainly something that I'm keeping a very close eye on throughout 2024. Reason I think it is so important to get kids gardening, in particular for me, it's about growing food. And I think it's important that kids know where the food comes from and know when they sit down to dinner and they eat the food that how much effort actually goes into producing that carrot. Well, I've just had a text to say that somebody else is going to be joining us in the podding shed in just a moment for another mince pie. So let's find out who we've got. Right, well... There is a guy at the door who you hear pretty much every week for the last few months. It is Scott. Scott, welcome to the Podding Shed. Hiya, nice to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, you're having a good Christmas? Yeah, it's been good. Been good, very good. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Now, 
I'm glad you're here because we we hear you pretty much every week with your recipes, which have been fantastic, by the way. And I cannot thank you enough for doing those because that really does help. Plus, I think it's nice to get some different voices on the podcast. Yeah, good cheers. But uh, I think it'd be nice to find out a bit about your background and where you're from because obviously you are a chef. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you do in the chef trade? Um, I've been a chef now for about oh, over 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually started off in graphic design. Oh, right. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years and got made redundant. Um, and then I got a job behind the bar in a local social club. Um, and I'd always been into food, so I got chatting to one of the customers. And it turned out he was a Michelin star chef. Um so he offered me a job, and then that was it. I went out of graphic design and into chefing and done that since, really. Fantastic. Was that, was that your first job in a pub, a bar? or? Um, so the first job in the kitchen was um, with a chef that I met when I was working behind the bar. Yeah. A local social club, but that was my first job, yeah. Nice. Which was nice. quite a first job because it was quite full on to begin with. But it was yeah, yeah. I mean, the chef trade, I know, is not an easy trade uh, <laughs> to really do. There's a reason why there's a, a lot of alcohol involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a bunch of pirates, really. That's, that's <laughs> where someone's described it to me, <laughs> which is I've quite... Ne- I've never heard that description, but I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're still a chef to this day? Still a chef now, but not in restaurants. Um, So I work in the business industry um, at Cambridge Uni, um, cooking for the staff there. Oh, wow. That must be quite a a different mix-up compared to what you were doing in the past. Yeah, definitely. A lot better hours. Yeah. Um, And and still quite difficult because the budget that we have to deal with is quite tight, so you've got to be quite inventive with that. Um, But, it's yeah, it's really good. I really enjoy it. Fantastic. What what sort of things are you cooking there? Oh, all sorts of stuff. Curries, roasts, fish and chips. All simple kind of stuff, but we've got some really good local suppliers that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then looking for, we're looking at getting our own kitchen garden set up there. Uh, so once yeah. that happens, we'll be self-sufficient in herbs and stuff like that, which will be good. Fantastic, because this, this kitchen garden is quite interesting. You've mentioned it to me before, mm. and I'm really quite intrigued, and I'm hoping in 2024 when this this um, kitchen garden starts being built, you're going to give us a few updates and let us know how it's going as well, a bit like I do with my aluminum pocket and uh, garden. Mm, I'd yeah, love to definitely. know more about your kitchen garden, or the, the Cambridge University kitchen garden, I should call it. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd be yeah, willing to do some updates and stuff. That'd be good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the listeners would like to do it. What are the plans with this kitchen garden? So it's a kind of kitchen garden slash sort of like um, chill-out space. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the minute, it's just a disused bit of land. So yeah. the idea is to... It's like a, um, a square piece of lawn. So yeah. the idea is to have raised beds around the perimeter... Um, planted up with mostly herbs so we can be self-sufficient with stuff like that but then mixed in with some flowers and like a seating area in the middle nice so the idea is it'd be nice if people could go out there pick their own herbs bring it to the canteen 
and we could do them like a herb tea or something like that. And and Ooh. then maybe get the staff involved in sewing stuff as well. Yeah. So people on the breaks, they can, you know, because everyone's busy on the break, they can come and spend five minutes sewing some herbs or, you know, doing a bit of weeding. Yeah. That, that's the kind of idea behind it. So a sort of community garden. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It sounds fantastic. Well, I'm hoping you're going to send us photos and keep us updated with that. Mm. But you do also have an allotment yourself, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a big one as well, so it takes a lot of work. Um, but any any spare time I've got, I'm normally down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, December's been a bit of a difficult month, so that's why yeah, I'm laughing. Uh, yeah, a lot of rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say it's quite big. How big is it? Um, so it's about each – so I've got two plots next to each other. Okay. Um, so each one's about the size of a a tennis court, like a double right. tennis court. So it's probably – 250 square meters yeah an average allotment lot mm. and there is another empty one next to the other one so i am thinking about possibly taking that one on as well <laughs> is, <laughs> i don't know if that's a smart move or not but at the minute it's just it's full of weeds so the right. idea is i might as well take it on and at least be able to control the weeds yeah um, coming into my plot but you know maybe that's something for 2024 i don't know yeah, yeah. Is it is it a council run allotment site? Yeah, it's a parish council. Yeah, in a semi semi rural area. Um, so my plot's actually quite small compared to some of them. I mean, some of the guys are using um, like little mini tractors on there and stuff, which wow. is brilliant. I mean, I'd like enough uh, enough allotments to get a mini tractor. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you joined in on our live show that we do, and you actually sent yeah. a video with a little train running around there as well which was a lot of fun i've got to say yeah that was my father-in-law set that up yeah um, just to keep the kids entertained but i think we played with it more than the kids did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i like the I, I just like the idea of having this little train set and i've sort of said if i ever had the chance to have like a big um stately home with a huge mm. garden I would actually, based on that video after watching that i would have like a miniature railway running around to do all the gardening with in place of like a tractor. So <laughs> the miniature railway brings the, the compost along and uh, the tools along. Yeah, we was talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know he'd probably love to do that, but yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't know. But it's, it's like it's in the seating area, so it's nice when you sat up there and you've yeah. just got the train running around. It's, it's quite relaxing. It goes around the pond and stuff. Yeah, and nice. Nice. So what, what sort of things are you growing on your allotment? Um, so I try to grow new things because I, I constantly want to try whether it be new varieties or completely new fruit or vegetable. So every yeah. year, I never really grow the same thing. I'm all, I always grow something different. Right. Um, so always different tomatoes because I'm trying to see what would be nice for a sauce or, you know, if you get a nice acidic one for chutneys and stuff. So I'm always yeah. trying to grow different things. Um, some successfully, some not so. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of an experiment to try and see what, how the different varieties affect what you're, I guess, what yeah. you're trying to cook in the uh, chefing trade. Yeah, because even in the, even using my suppliers, you know, I get really good quality stuff, but it's still things that are produced to be grown on mass, where some of the older varieties that perhaps don't have a good shelf life mm. are more prone to disease and stuff. 
you can't even buy it off them. So growing it myself just gives me that chance to try new things, basically. Yeah, I mean, we often criticise the likes of supermarkets and suppliers for not having the same mm. varieties. But when you look at it from a business point of view, it makes a lot of sense that flavour isn't the highest criteria. It is yeah, about definitely. shelf life and things. Yeah, it's just producing things en masse, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like Tabrys. You never see Tabrys in a supermarket. No. But no. you always grow them. And, but within a day of picking, they're pretty much no good. Yeah, and that, I, I like that kind of seasonal stuff as well. Things that are truly seasonal. Yeah, because I mean, you can go in a supermarket now and buy asparagus anytime, but growing mm. that yourself, it's it's completely different, and it's the same with things like gooseberries. Yeah, you don't really see them in supermarkets, so no. you, you you get to eat them just that one time in the year. So it's it's more of a treat. So, yeah, yeah, eating season. I mean, that's big thing we try and do i mean we do freeze a lot of our excess producers i'm sure you do as well yeah right? <laughs> chutneys and stuff yeah. but it is nice to be able to eat seasonally and i've always sort of said the first fruits or the first vegetables when they first come into season always taste the best yeah definitely and i, th I think the thing is is when you harvest it and then cook it straight away mm -hmm. because you, as soon as you harvest something and if it's been sat around for a couple of days, you, you're losing the sugars straight away. Yeah. Like a good example is peas and sweet corn. Yeah. People say you should have your water boiling before you harvest your sweet corn. And it's so true because it's it's incredible when it's cooked straight away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I again, sweet corn is one I always say. It's a rush home to get it yeah. from the allotment home. In the water on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So, do you grow at home as well, just on the allotment? Um, so, I've got a greenhouse at home. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this year I grew some aubergines, chilies, and uh, one tomato plant in there. And that was quite good. I find it quite difficult to keep on top of tomato plants with the um, taking out the side shoots and stuff. Yeah. So I end up with a huge bush, bush with uh, small tomatoes. So, that's something I yeah. want to get better at. Yeah, yeah. I think you've said to me also you want to get better at successional sowing as well. Yeah, yeah, because I seem to get just a one hit of a lot of things and, and that's it. And it's trying to keep on top of successional sowing. It's definitely sure. next year yeah. that I'm going to try try to get better yeah. at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I go, when it comes to salad leaves and things like that, every three weeks I'm trying to sow something like that to try mm. and keep it. I mean, 2024... Um, I mean, I've got that down quite well with every three weeks, but I'm, I want to try and mix it up in 2024 so I don't have the same varieties. I'm trying to mix it up with different things, different Yeah, so each week you've got something different to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's the same I'm trying to do with the supporters club, which I know you're a member of as well. So, yeah, um, that does help, to be honest. I've started getting better because I think right, I know I've got to sell these then. And then I know I can resell some keep sure. some back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is your favourite thing that you like to grow then? That's a difficult one. <laughs> so many things. Yeah. Um, gooseberries. So soft, out of the soft fruit, things like gooseberries, things you can't buy in the supermarkets. Um, but I'd say overall, probably pumpkins and squashes. 
because um, I think they're quite an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, especially when you're sowing them big seeds and stuff. Um, and they store well. So it's nice having them over winter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah. No, this is really difficult. Potatoes, another one. <laughs> There's so many different varieties. You just start, you get to try different ones every year. Yeah. There's lots of stuff. I don't think I could pick one thing. Um, uh, fair enough. Yeah. What about what's your favourite thing to cook? Favourite thing to cook? Uh, so that's a difficult one as well. Um, <laughs> you've got me there. Oh, fair enough. I didn't really uh, plan these questions ahead to try. I sort of put you on the spot a bit. Mm. Um, favourite thing to cook with it be, be vegetables rather than fruit. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not great with desserts. Um, but things like, I guess when peak season when we're harvesting, it'll be things like risottos, yeah. especially making them at the allotment. Because yeah. I think if you, I'll take a gas burner to the allotment and do a risotto there. And if you just go around picking fennel, peas, you know, in early spring and stuff, and then making a risotto there and then, it's unbelievable because everything's so fresh and vibrant. Um, so things like that, things that keep the freshness of what I'm cooking, it'd yeah. be it'd be the thing. It's trying to just keep just enhance the flavour of it rather than adding loads of different sauces and stuff that where the flavour just gets lost. That's it's, yeah, it's probably the best way I can explain. What yeah, I'm no, it, it it makes a lot of sense. I know, I know what you're saying. It's 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 not cooking vegetables that we're growing for flavour to death. Yeah. That we lose the flavour. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely with you on that. Um, my mind's bright. Just gone blank of the next question I was going to ask you while we were... Oh, yes. Now, something else that you've mentioned to me in the past that you would like to do, and we're trying to work on it at the same time. Do you want to release your own cookery book? Yeah, that's what the plan is, eventually. It's, yeah. it's like a, cook, a cookery come garden book. Um, yeah. So, like a sort of month by month thing. Um, so it'd be, you know, sowing dates, minimal on the garden inside because I'm obviously new to it myself. Uh, but then recipes to go along with it. Yeah. Um, for you know, if you do a page on tomatoes, how to sow them, when to sow them, and then a you know four or five recipes for that. So that that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I know the type of book you're talking about is a. Mm. a few but it sort of combines gardening or growing your own with yeah. which i think is important when it comes and also to... doing it in a way where it makes sense for people that grow their own because i know yeah. a lot of cookbooks you'll read it'll just say one onion one carrot stick of celery and i think when you're growing your own sometimes your onions might be a little bit smaller they might be a lot bit a lot bigger so i think in just putting the weight instead of one onion is helpful for people that are growing their own you know what? I completely agree with you there. The amount of people that have said to me in the past with something like, um, uh, I say one apple called and skinned. Well, mm. no, that's probably not a good example, but they, they put a weight and then called yeah. and skinned. Um, but they don't say whether the, the weight is before coring and skinning oh, or after. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do think actually putting the weights down of exactly what you need, so yeah. 250 grams of chopped onions, for example. 
exactly. It, it gives you a better idea. Yeah, and things, you know, I don't know, cauliflowers is a good one. I grow really small cauliflowers. I'd like to grow yeah. bigger ones. But if you read in a recipe and it just says one cauliflower, well, yeah. that might be four or five for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's right. It's right. It, it's they, they, the, the cookbooks are designed to be almost like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's standardized. So it's stuff you get from a supermarket which they are normally uniform they're all the same size which it makes sense but for people that grow their own it's it's better if you do the weights i think definitely yeah yeah i mean obviously all your recipes i've put on the website as well as on the podcast Mm -hmm. um and i I try and mix in well the podcast i try and mix in a bit of background as if you're in a kitchen to add a bit of atmosphere to it which uh, (laughs) i think just makes it a little bit more yeah more more um atmospheric shall we yeah say. well i do cook every dish that i do um yeah normally on a friday so i can take pictures and just so i know that it's it's working yeah sometimes yeah. it'll be just some i've got in my head so, so that's maybe sometimes the weights might seem a bit odd but then yeah i'm just i'm going out of off instinct there really yeah yeah i mean i i try and cook every recipe you send over as well which uh always <laughs> That goes down well, I should <laughs> <Good> say. <laughs> Especially the recent one, the cauliflower cheese. Oh, yeah, it's a good one, that. Oh, yeah. 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 I do like cauliflower cheese. It's lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, um, especially with your homegrown cauliflower. It's just yeah. to die for. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Well, we're hoping with all these recipes you're sending us, it's going to help with your book in the future. And, um, of course, we're going to be trying to help you with your your book in the future too so yeah. that's something to look forward to and uh we will share with listeners when it happens as well as all the updates from your allotments and um the kitchen garden at your, your university yeah brilliant fantastic well thanks so much for joining me in the podding shed um i think we'll go and grab another mince pie yeah no problem thanks for having me on well, we hear Scott every week, and I think that was good to try and get to know him. Hopefully, we're going to hear more about his allotment and his growing adventures throughout 2024 as well. 2024, as I said time and time again, for me, it's very exciting to feel that 2023 was so good. 2024 is going to get better, and it's something we're going to do. Next week, of course, it's going to be the 1st of January. We're going to hit 2024 running. We're going to get our veg gardens straight into action straight away but more on that next week but we are coming to the end of this week's podcast so i just want to thank you so much for listening first of all once again wish you a very very merry christmas and i will see you again in the new year so until then please take care